Welcome to a bonus edition of the SWN podcast on a Monday of all days. Usually we do Friday releases. I am joined by a guest I've been wanting to get on for a very long time. He's, he's been on my little manifestation list since I started. I've been able to tick off a few in this season alone. Um, I am joined by the current EWA European Heavyweight Champion, uh, the owner of Fight Pro Wrestling Asylum, which is what we're going to speak about the majority of today. It is a man of many names and many monikers, but today it's Andy Roberts. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having me. Like I said, very excited to have you on. We've, this has been quite a long time coming. I think I was supposed to have you on season three is when we started. Yep. And then we tried to get you on for, for season four. And yep. then uh, everyone in season five. And here we are. So, here we are having having lives outside of wrestling. That's the problem for us too. That's, you know, it's like... that's the scary thing. Because when we first started chatting, trying to get an episode going, I was, uh, I think, I think uh, your partner was just about to give birth. Yeah. And you, as you're saying, uh, just before we hit record, he's now 17 months old. And so that's showing how long it takes. Yeah. that time, I've had a child. So. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, started a trend. Exactly, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the weirdest thing. There's uh, this, this will be a wrestling podcast, I promise you. But uh, yeah, there's there's it just seems to be babies as soon as one has. Cause, uh, I, I, we announced and then uh, my pal from work, they saw, were suddenly having as well. And then uh, one of uh, uh, Kelly's friends was having. It's, Jesus, it's just something in the water. Seems to be just in one go. Um, but, you know, this is a wrestling podcast. We'll move on from the dance. Let's stuff. focus on wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Nobody wants to hear this. Uh, right. Wrestling. So, Five Pro Wrestling Asylum, that's where we're going to speak about the majority of the day because you've got a show coming up on March 2nd at Truth Night Club. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be the school itself, Five Pro Wrestling Asylum, against uh, School from Down in Wales, which is the New Wave Wrestling Academy. Uh, how how did this come together? Well, when we when we opened um, Five Pro Wrestling Asylum, I opened it on the basis that I felt that as a professional, I could have got to the point that I'm at a lot quicker than than I than I did. You know, I've been I've been involved in wrestling. My first training session was in 2006, so I um I, I've been doing it a long time, and I felt like I could get there a lot quicker had I had the correct opportunities and I utilized those opportunities well. So what I wanted to do was open up a training school to, to be able to breed an environment and like a safe and clean environment for people to learn in, but also be able to give those people the opportunities that they deserve and be able to guide them in such a way that allows them to make the most of those opportunities. So as, uh, as things have progressed with the school, we started off just hoping to be a school. Um, that was all I ever really intended to do. And then what, what we found is, um, or what I found is I was actually quite, quite good at coaching people and getting them to a good, a good level quite fast. So what's happened there is we've, we've got a load of students that are good, really good, great, in fact. And um, there is only a certain amount of shows that we can get them on. So we had to pivot a little bit and, and look at it and go, right, we're, we're really going to have to run our own shows to give uh, the students the opportunities that we want to give them. Um, I made a lot of friends early on in my wrestling career going on wrestling training camps with Hammerlock. Um, what, a couple of people I met along the way with, with the Welsh guys like Mark Andrews and, and um, uh, Wild Boar Hitchman as well and people like that. So that's how I've got that relationship with them. So when we decided to start running the shows, we thought what better way than to start to find a way in which we can give our students opportunities to work with people from down south and give their students an opportunity to work with people up here. So... Um, we're doing these kind of versus shows. It's our plan for the year is to do a multiple amount of these versus shows. And um, and if then if you look at the card, my my guys are maybe five or six matches in. They're going to be wrestling some of the best talent in the country. So I'm really proud of that, and I'm really excited for what it's going to do for them. 
when it comes to so there's been a lot of discourse right now in, in the whole uh twitterverse and, and social media about those opportunities about trading opportunities and, it, and it's about um finding the right place for them and, and they will actually gain opportunities of course uh fpwa uh, had a very as very close relationship with with gpwa as well um so of course there's your opportunity right there not only yourself of if you've traveled the world well, certainly the uk uh yeah. europe as well so you've you've met plenty of people that will yeah also have the opportunities um do you also find it's really helpful that you're still very much an active wrestler uh that you're able to to show your students what to do and not just kind of sit in the corner and bark orders and tell them uh, what they're doing right or wrong you can actually show them what they're doing oh, right. de yeah definitely i mean I, I i wanted to before i opened the school i said to my partner hannah who's she deals with all the business i just take the credit and coach the classes because she's the kind of brains behind the operation and when i when i said to her i wanted to open a school i said to her like i want to i want to rep rep with these guys i want to do everything that they're doing in ring that's been put off at points with little injuries and bits and pieces. But for the, for the most part, I, for every push-up, squat, burpee, everything they do, I do. And the reason I did that is because growing up in wrestling, when I grew up in wrestling, there was a lot, there was that, the, you've got to remember, like 2006, 2007 was that kind of downside time for wrestling where everybody that was really good, like great, like Drew and people like that, they were gone. They went to America. Um, a lot of people, the world of sport guys were a lot older. World of sport was done. Um, and there was this kind of weird um, leftovers of, of wrestlers that had maybe been about and had somewhat of a notoriety, but had a bit of this kind of egotistical feel about like what they were and what they, they wanted you to do. So like you'd have wrestlers or wrestlers sitting at, at training and sitting on the edge of the ring and they've, they've never been in shape in their life. And they're telling you to do a hundred squats or 500 squats or things like that. And you're like, it's, it was really demotivating because whilst I wanted to do, if they wanted me to do a thousand squats, I'd do a thousand squats as long as I got on the show. You know, I wanted to progress. But when you're looking at them and think, God, you've never, you've never done 500 squats in your career. It was demotivating to me. So when we opened the school, I wanted a, a, an environment where it was like, yeah, look, I'll lead by example. Not only will I teach you this stuff in class, but then when you come and help out at a show, I'll show, I'll, I'll put it into a match. You know, if I'm showing you a, a sequence of maneuvers or reversals or where to place them or how to use mannerisms to build drama and things like that i use i find there's a lot of pressure actually i because I, I see them all stand at the back like shaking their head when i do something that i've told them not to do and things like that um i, I show i show them it in my match and i i lead by example and go like this is like you know we've done four weeks on how to back elbow somebody down well here's how you do it in an actual uh, uh match environment so yeah it's a blessing for me because it's made me work harder and grow as a performer and as a person and um, it's great for them I feel because yeah I'm, I'm leading by example It's great, that, I mean I've interviewed quite a lot of your students now uh, from likes of, of Daisy Jenkins uh, uh, Brent Carter um, but there's loads of them, I, I'll do a disservice now if I start to list names and then I'm going to forget someone uh, but they always really go on about a, it's such a, a great atmosphere and everyone's there for each other it's not uh back in your day like you're saying there was there was ego and there was yeah. people that were just there to to push on themselves not actually push forward a product or or a team um but with that of course you, you said you met friends along the way was that important for you to build a team of of coaches with you that you've, you've got like uh joy lions and jason reed uh the fife delight as uh i've been i've heard they've been called in the past um it's important to to have just people that you know 
that you were close with on your team for for that reason to create that family and create atmosphere that that the, the FPWA is known for. Yeah, I think as well. Like I think you'll probably back me up with this one just with life experiences. As you get older, you start realize you start surrounding yourself with less and less people. I think when I was when I was in my early twenties, when I started wrestling, like even my late teens into my early twenties, I, I had loads of friends. You know, what I mean, I had loads of people around me all the time. My friendship group was maybe 15, 20 people. My friendship group now is very, very, very small. And I think it's because over time you, you learn to trust people less. I'm not saying that I'm like a, a beaten, bruised, bitter kind of veteran, uh, although I kind of am now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm more like I know what I wanted to achieve with my training school and I wasn't willing to um, invest in people that weren't on the same wavelength as me. Johnny Lyons, I think, is the, the, is the unsung hero of, of Scottish wrestling. And I think that you'll see that in the next couple of years because our, he, he covers our wee wrestlers in our juniors classes and has a, has a little bit of say in our adults classes as well. We get him in to help. Um, but some, we've had two or three juniors now make their way up into our adults class. They've been training with, with Johnny from when they were 12, 13 years old. They're now 16, 17. I'm looking at them and thinking a little tweak here and there and the only thing that's holding you back is you, your age. You know what I mean? It's, it's frightening. You know, we've got, if you look at Ross Hunter and Robbie Balfour, um, Harmony Sky, they all were training with Shoe when they were, they were 12, 13, 14. They're now 19, 20. They've had three or four matches. They're great. Um, and, and, you know, they've already got, you know, they've only had three or four matches, but they've got seven years of training in the bag with somebody that's very, very good at the fundamentals of professional wrestling. So, yeah, I kind of see Stu as the, he shows them the the fundamentals very, very, very well. They come up to me. I, I tweak bits and pieces. I help them with other aspects of the, of wrestling, and then they're, they're ready to kind of ready to take flight. It's great. Um, just absolutely, because we mentioned Armie Sky, and she's a she's someone that we've had a few times. Um, we seem to have an annual catch up around about October. That seems that's our thing now. It seems to me, and to see her grow from being the reason I spoke to her in the first place was because I got so many recommendations from everyone, from uh, Omar Mohammed and Johnny Reeves, and everyone was going, you have to speak to Harmony Sky. So I was like, cool, I'll do that. Spoke to her, lovely, lovely girl. And then a year later, I have no idea who I spoke to that first year because after an additional year training with yourself at the school, she's, she was this, it, I don't want to use the cliche because she's called like, like hippie and all that kind of stuff, but she just like blossomed into yeah. this performers confident person on the on the zoom chat um when it comes to that so like i say you do everything that you want that anything that they are told to do you will show believe by example and when it comes to things like promos and confidence and all that kind of stuff is that kind of where maybe jason Reed pops in a little bit with when it comes to, to promo because his talking is just he is just insane with his timing on yeah. the microphone Absolutely, and um, obviously, I, ha I mean, me and Jason Reed have had our ha had our disputes in the past and recently. So, but I I feel that I grew more as a performer over five matches and him pushing me outside my comfort zone than I have over the last kind of couple of years. So, yeah, he's the perfect person to bring, and he's the perfect person to bring in as, as an example to the students of that this is a guy that sat in a car with me and listened to what I've said, put it into practice. And look where he is. You know, obviously, I can't take credit for for what Jason Reed is, but I can take credit for the fact that he was ex he he when I met him was me 
when I was 19 years old, 1920. And I maybe at points got the wrong kind of guidance uh, in the wrestling was a bit of fun. And, you know, you know, if you're going to Europe to wrestle, let's get on the pints in the airport and, and all that. Kind of, and there is a time and a place for all that. Don't get me wrong. However, I just wish that I had been around people that just took it a little bit more seriously. And then maybe I would have taken it. Maybe I wouldn't have. I was a bit of an idiot as well. I was young. You know what I mean? Before I had kids, until I had kids, I was, I think all men are the same until you have kids, you're a, ch- you're a child yourself. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm losing track a little bit here, but yeah, but, um, but great. Uh, Jason Reed is great for, for that. Yeah. All in all, because whilst his wrestling is fantastic, like you say, the way he captivates audiences and can control audiences um, with his speaking is, is just uh, fantastic. So yeah, he's, he's a great person to bring in, not only to show like, look, this is work ethic embodied, but also we can all learn a lot from him. And the promo side of things is something that I've not been great at over the years. It's something that uh, growing up in wrestling, all the guys that I kind of like weren't really promo guys. You know, so what, like, I mean, Regal obviously is a promo guy, but I love like Regal and Finley and Dean Malenko and people like that. They weren't, I mean, they weren't big, big talkers. They were probably more, they could promo, but what I loved about them was the wrestling. And I now understand after having a chance to work with WWE and things that you need to be a full package. It's not just about you can be the best wrestler in the world. Um, but if you can't talk and you can't do the things you need to do for TV, then it doesn't matter. So he's so doing that and having to teach my students that has pushed me into a position where I've had to promo and learn how to speak as well. Not only that, but just talking to them as well, standing in front of a group of people twice a week, three times a week as it is now for two and a half hours and having to make points and back them up and make it make sense. You just get better at talking. So, yeah, it's helped me a lot. I'm sure we'll dive into that into your WWE career, it's, well, uh, journey and uh, visits at another time because, like we say, we're here for uh, your show on March second. So let's 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 dive in then. Let's see what we've got. So this is the first time, of course, that the FPWA will be at Truth Fight Club. Um, I saw their your, your like little promo bits and pieces yep. for for inside the ring and, and do the slow motion and all that, which were fantastic. They were just so well produced. Um, why Truth Night Club? So leaving the Leaving Mouth area in Fife is, is local to us. Um, Hannah, my partner, grew up in East Weems, which is in the Leaving Mouth area. And when we were looking at shows in Fife, we looked at, first and foremost, like everybody does, being a touring brand. Like, right, okay, here are all the venues in Fife. We could run a show here and a show here and a show here and a show here. And we could be a touring brand. However, there, there's other com- there is another company in Fife, and, and they... Have been around for 20 years so we didn't want to step on any toes in that regard so we looked at where there wasn't where there wasn't shows and we were really struggling to be honest to find a venue in leave mouth area and hannah went to a uh, a baby class in leaving in in the truth nightclub during the day because they host loads of stuff and um she phoned me on the way home and just says look i found the venue and i, I hadn't really heard of truth because i don't really go out drinking or anything because i haven't been really going out for about 10 years because i've got a kid so um she took me there the next day. We had a meeting with the guy, and he's just as invested, although he's not a wrestling fan, he's just invested in the idea of us running a regular product from his venue and just making that our home, like ICW did with um, other venues in the past, like the garage and things like that. So we don't want it all. We want to be we want to build up our own scene in Fife because I, I feel like we can do that. Um They've got a great setup in terms of it's an old-fashioned nightclub that drops down into like a uh, a fishbowl kind of dance floor, if you know what I mean, like steps down into a dance floor. Um, there's a stage with VIP booths, there's a bar. Um, we we run it on a Thursday night, so it doesn't impact his his uh, earnings as well for like 
Fridays and Saturdays. Eventually, hopefully, I hope that we get so big that he'll be asking us to do it on a Friday or Saturday. You know, that would be a that would be great if we could get to that stage. But the other thing as well is that Leven's on the kind of up again. They're they're doing the rail link between Edinburgh and Leven. That the government's investing a lot of money into that. Um, Leven High Street and and Leven in general is an old seaside town. And um, like every seaside town in the country, it's kind of dying. You know, there's the shops are uh, uh, kind of shutting down. It's really on its really on its backside. So the venues that are there are really ready and willing to build it up. So that's something we wanted to do and we wanted to invest in as well. So we're looking to the future. You know, we're, I mean, you're probably picking it up on the mic, but we've got a wee wrestlers class going on out there just now, which is six and seven year olds um, making their first steps and becoming wrestlers. And I want in six, seven years time to hopefully have something for them to, to be able to be proud of. And that'll be our little scene and leaving. So yeah, it's exciting. It's a long-term plan. It's something we're really invested in. That's it. It sounds like there's, there is definitely a plan because like you're saying, the worst thing you can do is, is do one show at truth and then go to their place and have six people turn up. Whereas you're building, building the, the place where this has, this is the place to be every, whatever, two months. This is the place you have to be to, to see a, an entertaining show and um, things like like keeping your your media costs are very very good <laughs> when it comes to like to ticket prices and things like that and also your deals for your VIP booths it's it's a proper it's a proper thing so it's like people will be going right it's Thursday night we're going to to see some wrestling going to wrestling yeah. yeah I think that that was one of the big things when we sat down and spoke about the costs we wanted to like we do with our training school we we wanted to launch a premium brand of wrestling. We want to say, like, just just because it's in Fife, why can it not be like a show in Edinburgh? Why can it not be like a show in Glasgow in terms of quality and setup and the way it looks? We want to give them that premium experience. However, the Leaven Mouth there is not a very, it's not a well, well off. Obviously, there is obviously the golfing and things like that, like everywhere. You've got one side that's well off, one side that's not. But we had to look at what things cost, you know, like the cinema or or crazy golf or bowling. And go like right, so that's where we're going to have to price our tickets because if um, the Smith family wants to go to the the bowling, but Daddy Smith is saying like, no, look, come on, let's go to the wrestling. You can't, you know, we can't have his wife arguing with him because it costs more. So that's uh, that was our plan with that side of things. So yeah, we're trying to give you the best, the best um, wrestlers, the best um, event possible, and, and not costing you too much as well. So before we get into the, the show itself, I'll just tell people where they can go find tickets because that's probably a, a good place. Just in case, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm still recovering from a cold. They don't want to hear my voice for any longer than they really have to. Uh, they can go to God, go to social media and look for FPWA Asylum. It's probably a good place to start. Or you yeah. go to the, the poster as well. They go to Eventbrite. You'll find your tickets there as well. So starting from uh, as low as about like £12 and, and yeah. up. Um, yep. including fees and everything, which again is fantastic value when it comes to, to going to wrestling, because you see some of these shows where they don't have anyone on the poster and they, they're trying to, to get 20 quid out of you uh, to exactly. start off with, and it's, yeah. I know, it's, it's a lot of money. We're Scottish at the end of the day, we do like to uh, save a penny. <laughs> don't like to part money. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the show itself then, so we'll go through the card. The first match I've got in front of me is the open challenge that Jason Reed set that's been answered by a very mysterious Frank Gallo. Now, I've seen a lot of videos of Frank Gallo. Uh, he looks like a bit of a wild man. I don't know if, 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 if you've, tap, you've seen that at all for, for in Frank yes, Gallo. Yeah. We see um, it firsthand, yeah. So, 
his is quite a, quite even a bit of a chalk and cheese when it comes to character wise because Jason Reed, of course, staunch, very serious. He's a wrestler's wrestler coming against mm-hmm. Frank Gallo. So when you see this matchup on paper, what what what's in your mind there? So when I was looking, like again, what initially drew me to it was like Jason Reed. Gallo is a bit of a wordsmith um, when it comes to his videos, the way he can speak, the way he can captivate, especially at such an early part uh, stage in his career. He's very believable, and, and, and everything that he says, you're like, oh, no, that makes, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm invested in what you're saying. And the exciting part of it all is he can back it up as well, wrestling-wise. We've waited a little while with um, with Frank to not pull the triggers too early because I wanted to make sure everything had lined up. Now, the Levermouth area is Gallo's home kind of home territory. It's his hometown. He's ages with with ourselves. He's in, our, in his 30s. He's got a, a young family as well. So... I thought it would be an exciting um, debut for him, in-ring debut, to wrestle somebody to test himself against somebody who else is from who is also from Fife, and um, and do it in front of his family. So when um, when I allowed Jason Reed to put that open challenge out, because I thought you know one of the students are going to answer, um, I didn't think it was going to be it was going to be Gallo, but um, there he was singing away in uh, what looks like some kind of weird hut somewhere. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be. It's going to be a war of words, and it's going to be a war of wrestling as well, I feel. It's one of those uh, art will be on the canvas kind of thing when it comes to, to that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, in, I just, yeah, it's, it's like you say, it's hard to work out how it's going to, how it's going to come out, because not many people can get inside Jason Reed's head, but um, Gallo's got something about him that he can just kind of, he's crazy, he's mental, he, he, he can just, he can find something in you, and he can, and he can extract it and um, make you compromised with it, you know, so... And if he's already a bit unhinged as it is, and then he's going to his hometown in front of people, faces that he knows as well. Yeah. That's yeah. I think I think Jason might be in for a, a little bit of a rough night if he's yeah. not absolutely yeah. prepared. Uh, which... Yeah, we've got we've got a medic and stuff, so <laughs> if, if things do do go a bit sour, because there is a bar as well, so I'm worried about that side of things with Gallo. Um, if if he's that crazy sober, if he gets a few pints then before the match, that might be a a worrying aspect as well. What a match to kick off with in our little preview here. Um, so next up, I'm just going to go for Daisy Jenkins and Danny Luna. So, of course, this will be a, a clash of schools. Um, yeah. I've, I've spoken to Daisy in the past, and she's just she's one of those wrestlers that, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, I need to see what she does, because she's, she's got this uh, like lucha back, lucha kind of style that she likes to, to throw in there, and um, something about her that's just like, yeah, I need, to, I need to see her wrestle, I need to see what she yeah. can do. And she's coming in against NXT UK. Uh, of course, no longer a brand, but from NXT UK, Danny Luna um, from New Wave. That's that's a big test for for Daisy, but also maybe some. Daddy's going to come with a little bit of a chip on her shoulder, maybe because she is former NXT UK, but she's now back on quote unquote the Indies uh, as yeah. well. So yeah, it's a really interesting matchup to put together with this one. Yeah, I mean Daisy debuted. Daisy's only trained with us for about a year before her debut. And again, she's ages with us. And I find, personally, I find students that start at a later stage in their life progress a lot faster in that they can see the time limit or the expiration date on the sport. And they go like, no, I need to, everything that Andy's saying, I need to like, I need to write it down. I need to, I need to digest it and make sure I put it into practice straight away because I don't have like Harmony Sky, the, the, the kind of 10 years. Because I mean, Harmony Sky could not, she could have a match a year for the next 10 years. And still be younger, you know, still be younger than myself and 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 Daisy Jenkins. So, it's she's she can take her time. 
people like Daisy, they have to, they have to every minute they take, they're here in training, they have to take it all in. That's exactly what she's done. And I think that kind of reflected in the fact that she debuted in April. And I think she last year, and I think she ended the year on 12, 12 matches for, I think, 10 different promotions, which is just like, it blows your mind really when you think about it. So before Daisy had even got to that point, I had met Danny Luna when I was down at NXT UK. And the match was just in my head straight away from there. Because like you say, um, Daisy has a hybrid style. She has this really interesting style of where some days I'll teach Matt holding catches, catch, can British wrestling. She picks it up. I'll teach um, high flying wrestling. She picks it up. You know, it's, it's like, and she can put it all together and make it her own. But somebody else that can do that is, is Danny, who, got, who, who was trained by people that came through at the same time as me. So you can see that obvious um kind of influence from their coaches and and it's probably the perfect match for daisy because like i say there is an expiration date on professional wrestling and i'm looking at daisy's career and with my ethos on trying to get people quicker to the to the end goal than i got here i I have to challenge her you know i can put her against good female wrestlers i can put her against other female wrestling students and that's fine she'll get some wins she'll get some losses she'll learn some lessons but I just I feel like I just need to chuck her straight in at the deep end, put her against what is what I feel is the best female talent in the country, and then just see what happens. If she loses, I, I don't I think I don't think it will be a great lesson. I don't think there's ever losses. I think there's wins and there's lessons. And um, that's one of my little sayings that I kind of say to my son. And um, I think in this case, if she loses, it's a lesson. If she wins, it could be the thing that projects her. You know, I, how could WWE? you know nxt of this wwe europe thing ha- comes how could they not look at daisy jenkins and go wait a minute here she's a year and a half in and she's beaten talent like danny luna and um, she's got a great look she can talk and she can wrestle how can how can they look past things like that you know so yeah i i, I wanted to put students in a position where they could they could um project themselves quicker to the to the end goal so this is what this match is so i mean we're talking about about yeah Hungry, well, I don't want to say hungrier because everyone's hungry to, to get to uh, a promised land or, or reach a, a goal. But I think, like you're saying, for someone older, I don't know if they're able to kind of break down the moves a bit bit better because, like you say, they're, they're aware of, of the time limit. Whereas when if you're young and, and dumb, you're you're not really, think, maybe not thinking your body as much. You're thinking, ah, I'm 18, I can bounce. Uh, kind yeah, of thing. exactly. We're, we're 30. Well, I'm 32. Never mind, mm-hmm. that's which is worrying at thirty-two. Um, I'm very aware of every nook and cranny and and joint to my body. So yeah, so it's, I feel like when I was twenty-nine, I could walk into training, not warm up, and do absolutely everything. And as soon as it clicked onto my thirtieth birthday, I was having to warm up just to show the students a wrist lock reversal. It's quite a frightening, <laughs> a frightening experience. And I think that um, once you start seeing that, you start thinking, right, I, I've still got a lot of things I want to achieve, so I'm going to have to be smarter. And then, I, like, like you're saying, I've kind of put that on to the students like Frank Gallo and Daisy Jenkins that are ages with me, but maybe haven't had as much time in the ring as I have. Right, so speaking of, of the young, the young uh, crew uh, that make, make me feel jealous that I'm just not in the best shape of my life, uh, we've got Talon Jr., of course, of FPWA, taking on uh, Nico Angelo of, of New Wave. Um, my word. So speaking yeah. of, of like these old, older students coming in and, and being hungry, um, these two young guys, they're yeah. This is going to be a little bit different, I think. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? I mean, our our our, our um, product is a family friendly product that is like 
you know, produced for the kids and the families and the crowds, as well as giving students an opportunity to work with some great talent. However, the type of match that I need to give to Talon Jr. to get him the notoriety that he deserves, he's a, he's, he is literally one of the best in-ring, he has the best in-ring ability of anybody that I've, I've ever been around, really. Anything that you ask him to do, he can do. He, and, and on top of that as well, different to other high flyers, he's big. He's six foot. He's, he's easily six foot. He's got a great frame, a great physique, and it will, it's only going to get better. And I don't know what age he is, because I've never asked him, because it will make me feel sick. I'm sure he's probably 20 or something like that. I'm, I'm sure he was probably a teenager when he started with us. He's definitely very, very young. But he needs to be down. He needs to be down um, working with places like Progress and TNT and, and all these these great promotions down south, RevPro. Like he he needs to go to these places and to to get there, he needs to wrestle somebody and prove himself against somebody like Nico Angelo, who's doing all those things himself. So this is this match is was I booked for myself. I just want to see it. You know, I just want to I want to stand at the curtain with his coach, with Bron- with, with uh, Nico's coach, with Bronco, and just stand there and just be smug with Bronco about how class we are at being coaches, even though these boys have ridiculous natural ability. But we're going to try and stand there and take take all the uh, all the credit for it. But, yeah, it's gonna, I think it's going to blow people's minds. And it will be the first one that I get edited and up online, I think. That will be the – because he needs that. That's what Talon needs. He needs that, um, that bit of help. Um, someone think of Talon and his height. You're talking about progress. I don't know, somewhere down the line, I don't know if it will ever happen, but I want to see Talon Jr. Eddie Dennis. I think that would be something that would be just mash up well uh, when it comes yeah, to just yeah. big, tall guys. Uh, Eddie but... Dennis is like the king of the king of basing for, for cruiserweights. He's a perfect person to be under a cruiserweight um, mm-hmm. because he's been around um, Andrews and and, uh, and Flash Morgan Webster and people like that. They're, they're great friends and they train together regularly, so yeah, no, you're right. That's a great one. Speaking of Bronco, uh, we've got the tag team match uh, as well. The Woke Academy, who we spoke about a little bit uh, earlier on, Robbie Balfour, Ross Hunter. Uh, again, two guys I've been able to speak with on this podcast. Ross, uh, very young. Uh, this is before he, he probably had had uh, just muscle. Um, yeah. you know, he was like beefy. It's a beefy guy. Yeah, now. I know. I know. <laughs> Something like water and spice, like. <laughs> There against the greedy souls, Ben and White and Danny Jones. So uh, again, this is this is another big test for the Woke Academy because the greedy souls have been they've they've been doing their traveling. Yeah, yeah. I think the like I, I think that Ross Hunter and Robbie Balfour, they're like my boy, you know, they're my boys. You know, I look at them and they're young lads, and I'm um they they look like boys to me. I know they're not, I know you're men, lads, don't get I know you've got girlfriends and all this kind of stuff, don't <laughs> get upset. But I just feel like they're gonna have to become men like very very quickly and i don't mean that in, like anything like in, when you stand across from somebody like bronco and somebody like danny jones they are big they're big big men you know and they're real they can go and they're real legit people so and and you can see that by the fact that they're everywhere they're, they're literally the best I, I feel they're the best along with kings of the north and, and people like that they're the best tag team in the country they're unbelievable they're they're legit they're tough 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 guys and um Again, the boys need a challenge. They've done really, really well. Um, and they've been training, like, again, like we were saying there, Ross has been training with Stu since, I think he said the other day, since he was he was 12 or 13. And he's now, he's coming up for his 20th birthday, right? So by the time he's 23, which is when some people start learning to wrestle, he'll already have 10 years 
under his belt. He's phenomenal. Like he's really technically, if you look at him technically as a coach or as an experienced wrestler, step for step, footwork wise in that ring, ring awareness, where he is, what he's doing, his believability, how he um how he does things and, and how he um looks at wrestling. He's so far, he's so beyond himself, it's unbelievable. Same with Robbie. He's exactly the same. Phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And obviously I'm super biased, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm invested like a father in every single one of these students like I, I i love them to my core um but they need again they need to be put in a vulnerable position i think there's growth and discomfort and there's nothing more uncomfortable than uh being in the ring with the greedy soul so um yeah good luck to the boys Um, i'll be there backstage again with the medic waiting for them but <laughs> i think that i think this could be a a, a real moment not a passing the torch moment but more of a taking of the torch moment. And if they can, if they can in the front of their mums and their dads and their friends and their family, take it to the men, like the real fucking big boys, excuse my language. Sorry, I did. I dropped one billion. I'm sorry. Sorry. Right. Um, they can, if they can do it, then great. I'm really, I'd be really proud of, I'd be proud of them anyway, but yeah, come on boys. You got to do it for us. So I wanted to leave most of this, not just for your match as well, but the fatal five way uh, we've got here. Um, Tommy Cartel, Ashley Vega, Zach Swift, Shaheen from, from UAE and Levi Justice. So this is a big mashup. So we've got Tommy Cartel, who a guy I've been phenomenally entertained by just for his for for his uh promos in the pub. And it's just his whole demeanor. I I find it just just hilarious, but also interesting at the same time. I'm like, no guy can be this hard. And, and then he's <laughs> he's talking about it I'm like, okay, maybe he is. Maybe he's as hard as he says he is. Um Ashley Vega, of course, uh, who who not only trains at FPWA, does a bit of Joe Henry as well, which, was, which is an amazing uh, combo to have in yeah, your back pocket. Yeah. Um, her her right before we get into, into the whole match, the promos that that your guys are doing, and even the people that you're bringing in, the just the variety is incredible. So you've got yeah. guys like Daisy Jenkins who does the eighties throwback and. And has the filters and makes me feel somehow old, even though we're the same age. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you see those, then you see Tommy Cartel, who's who's at the pub or in the woods, he's doing manly things. And uh, then you got Ashley Vega coming in, who's who's this the modern day diva, and she's um, just like a bit flirtatious but dangerous at the same time. And um, I don't know how much input you have when when you get these promos in. If you if you see them and go, that's rotten, do it again. Or if you go, my god, this is fantastic work we're, we're putting it up on the social media but uh what's it like yeah was in that's great man i'd like when we did the first show we had to educate fife on what we were bringing in so that's why we did the uh the kind of promo packages and stuff we spent a lot of money and a lot of time on on doing those promo packages and then um once we put that out there we we're saying like this is what we're doing you might not be a wrestling fan but you're you're a fan of being entertained so come along to this and you might become a fan we needed to back it up with the talent doing the same thing. So we said, like, look, this is what we've done. We want some. We want you to educate the crowd now on who you are. We you, they need to know in this thirty to, to thirty to sixty seconds video who who your character is, what you're trying to portray, and and what we want. And, and I've been very very guilty over the years of shying away from promos and and because I was scared of them. To be honest, I was scared of the the talking aspect of wrestling, which we touched on earlier. And I always kind of felt like I backed it up once I got to the venue and I wrestled, then they, they'd seen it there. But I do feel 
now from doing other bits and pieces and, and as I've grown as a performer that you need to be able to tell people and and you know you need to be able to market yourself to the crowd before they get to see you so yeah I, I that's I tell them what I want from them and um they bring they they put the effort in the efforts fantastic I've been proud of every promo that I've received or that Hannah receives because again she deals with it all I just kind of take the credit but yeah like you look at tommy cartel tommy is the guy in every single pub in fife if you go to a pub right. in fife if you're lucky enough to um uh, go to a go to a watering hole in the Levenmouth area there is a tommy cartel in the corner uh telling everybody about the, the fight that he had 10 years ago where he knocked a guy out and nobody wants to fight him now because 10 years ago he got in a fight and and done this thing so tommy cartel is that guy he's he's uh He's, he's quite he's quite the guy. when we came up with the idea of the Fife way uh, and Tommy won it I didn't see him taking it as far as he has but uh, yeah I'm starting to get to the point as well where I hope somebody kind of shuts him up a little bit and uh, and maybe takes that title from him because I have to listen to him twice a week telling me that he's the hardest man in Fife plus I see the videos you know you, you, if we're doing a, a tackle drill for anybody who doesn't know what a tackle drill is a shoulder tackle in a wrestling match we'll do a drill uh, that teaches people how to get off the floor fast now, if you're doing that four times against somebody twice a week over a few months and you've got to hear Tommy Cartel shout, I'm the hardest man in five after every tackle twice a week for months on end, it gets tiring. So I'm, when I'm looking at like opponents for him, I'm trying to pick up a variety of opponents to go like, come on, somebody uh, somebody shut this guy up because it's becoming quite a tiring experience of training. So that's why we, we look at this now and we look and we see the likes of Levi, Zach Swift and... and um, and Shaheen and um, and uh, Ashley as well. It's, it's a real variety because I need to give him a challenge in that match. So that's what I've tried to do. Absolutely. And like I said, with, with that variety, Levi, of course, from Iron Girders primarily. That's where, where he seems to be a lady's hat at the moment. The IG, uh, I, IGPW champion. IGPW, yeah. yeah. That's a mouthful to say. Uh, as well, so yeah, definitely got the, the mileage in it again at a young age as well. Shaheen, I don't know a lot about. I'll be honest, uh, yeah. UAE, I've, I'm hearing good things, but I, I, I'm not very much aware of Shaheen. So I've yeah. got Shaheen in there. Well, so so uh, Jason Reed has family friends in Dubai and often goes out there to um, holiday and things. Uh, one time when he was out there, he contacted one of the Dubai wrestling schools and, and um, went along to their training. He then built a relationship with them and ended up wrestling there a few times. And he spoke to me about Shaheen. Shaheen's a self-taught Arab wrestler. Um, he wants wrestling to progress in Dubai along with um, support from sponsors and things like that. And he's wanting to learn. He's keen to learn and keen to challenge himself. So he kinda, it kind of excited me because I, I like that's how I feel. I'm 17 years in to wrestling and all, although a little bit, um, a little bit weathered and bittered by it now, I still want to learn and progress and do well. And so when I see that in people, I want to be able to help and play, play a part in that. So, yeah, we had an opportunity to get Shaheen across for it. Um, I thought, what better way to challenge him um, in a match where you could possibly become the first person from Dubai to be the hardest man in five. So that's quite a that's quite a thing that he can say when he goes into a into a watering hole in um, the middle of Methyl or something. He'll be able to say that he's from Dubai, but he is the hardest man in five. So, yeah, we've got Shaheen. Levi, of course, with him being the Gerdes champion, we want to continue to build relationships with other schools and um, give their students and our students an opportunity to work with each other so it was a no-brainer he's a fantastic talent zach swift is one of our students who's just been knocking his pan in at training and just giving it everything and 
and needs a I hate the word opportunity because it's a real key word in wrestling, but uh, he needs an opportunity to to show what he's about. Ashley spoke to me at training and told me that, and I quote, "Hard men don't last with long with her." Um, I didn't know what to say about. It. I didn't know if I needed a chaperone to have that kind of conversation. Um, but then she she kind of elaborated on it and told me that it was she meant about being the hardest person in five. We always pitched the five way as as being the hardest person in five. Tommy Cartel has changed it to the hardest man in five because he feels that no woman could beat him or no man could beat him. So, yeah, um, I'm interested to see um, if Ashley can... I think she said something in a promo about showing something to Tommy that he's never seen before to help win the match. So I don't know what that means. Again, it's a family product we're trying to promote. So um, there might be some mum's hands going over people's faces during this one. Uh, but no, I mean, another thing I'd like to mention the Hardest Guy, Ashley Vega was another one that I spoke to really like, right at the start of our podcast and wouldn't say boo to a goose, it was a really quiet conversation. And then a year later, thanks to yourself and thanks to Joe Henry as well, I, again, just blossomed. This, this, yeah. I, was speak, I, wasn't, I wasn't speaking to a girl, I was speaking to a woman. Yeah. When, when oh, she, yeah. she came back on, I was like, my God, you, you've, you're, just, you're just chatting away and, and got so much ideas and personality and it was just fantastic to see. So, yeah, as soon as I saw her name pop up, I was like, yeah, Tommy might be in trouble. If that yeah, was the yeah. first name that, that was announced for the five-way, uh, I was interested to see who else was there. Right. The main event. We've got the yeah. main event now. Uh, got a little bit of time left. We'll, we'll, we'll dive in because I've got loads of questions from uh, the, the friendly guys at, and I'll just make sure I've definitely got the name of their blog, right? Uh, X Day of Gold Wrestling Blog because... They were very interested in this particular match. It's yourself versus Wild yep. uh, for the UEWA European Heavyweight Championship. Uh, yep. Main event of the show. This is going to be a big one. Just not just for FPWA or versus New Wave, but for yourself as well. Yeah. So, what what were your thoughts on the match first? And I'll, I'll get these questions in. My thoughts are: I want to sign a contract with WWE within the next year. And I feel the only way that I can do that is by beating WWE or former WWE talent, because then I would be undeniable. There's no way that you, sorry, Ashley, I didn't want to steal your thing there, but I would be undeniable. There's, there's no way that William Regal or Triple H or whatever can look at me and say, sorry, you're, you're just not what we're looking for, but we're going to sign this guy instead who you've beaten on a regular basis. So like for, for me, I think that, I always want to challenge myself. I've always tried to challenge myself throughout my career. As soon as I got that UEWA belt that's sitting all shiny on the shelf behind me, as soon as I got that, I wanted to wrestle the best that I could wrestle. I wanted to defend it, not only for me from a, from a like all men, an egotistical standpoint, but I wanted to prove to myself that I was, in fact, the best uh, heavyweight wrestler in this country, which I do truly believe now. And I think that uh, over time, it take, I, I used to think that, that being confident in your ability or being confident in yourself um, was a bad, like not a bad thing, but was like maybe maybe something that could be frowned upon. But I think as you get older and you get more, you you get more um, conditioned to professional wrestling, you start to realize that like, look, if you truly believe something and um, you, you think it's right, you've got to give it a hundred percent and back it. And and that's what I've done with this belt. I think that I am the best heavyweight wrestler in the country, and I'm willing to I'm willing to prove that against anybody that wants to wrestle me for that belt. So you may have kind of already answered this a little bit but uh, again from Exit of Gold uh, so just for people that are unaware they sent me three pages of questions so I've picked out maybe three or four uh, yeah, to four. go with uh, so and they're big questions so 
when you answered Wild Boar's Challenge, you mentioned being scared that you might not get the contract opportunities that, that he did, which you mentioned. Uh, your contribution to wrestling is undeniable. Your success is firmly logged in the history books of ICW, WrestleZone, Discovery, and the UEWA and others. What does Andy Roberts believe he needs to do in order to secure his legacy in your own mind? I I, I never sat at home as an overweight 14, 15-year-old boy who just didn't know what what he wanted to do or what he wanted to achieve in life other than being a professional wrestler and think, one day I want to be the most respected professional wrestler in Scotland and to have influenced loads of wrestlers that had made it to WWE and all that kind of stuff. That's not what I dreamt of as a child. What I dreamt of was working for the WWE and being a star. And that's what I've invested every single day of my life in from the day that I decided to learn how to become a wrestler, which was when I was 16 years old, until now. That's a long. That's a long time. I'm 34 years old, and like I said in that promo, like Wild Boar said, I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to lose. I'm scared that I'm going to embarrass myself in front of my family and my friends. And he's right. You know, you get to a point now. Like I'm 17 years in. I've I've missed my mate's stag dues. I've missed birthdays. I've missed tea in the park. I've missed. I've missed everything. And I'm not. I don't care that I've missed it. I'm happy that I've missed it. But it's embarrassing when I see my friends when I bump into mates and they go. How are you getting on? Have you heard anything more from WWE yet? Have you got signed? Are you doing that? And I go, no, but I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And they don't know what X, Y, and Z is. Mm. Because if you're not a wrestling fan, you don't you don't know that it's great that you're headlining ICW shows, or it's great that you're very well respected, or it's great that you've had a hand in coaching and training the next lot of talent. I want to be able to say, Yeah, you're did you not see did you not see? I've actually got a contract. I'm actually working for WWE now. I'm actually wrestling for the biggest company in the world. I've actually pursued and and done my dream of becoming a full-time professional wrestler with with wwe and i and i think at 34 years old it's a scary thought to think that one day one day soon probably i'm gonna have to wake up and go you know if i don't if i don't get it which i hope i which i hope i do and i feel it would be a sin if i didn't um i've got to wake up one day and just go right what what are we gonna do like what what's the plan hannah because you know i can't i can't be i can't do this forever Sorry, it's okay. Um, I can't do this forever, so I I needed to, I need to put myself in the position to have matches like this, so that I could um, there's built here's uh, John oh, Lyons God. here, popping in for the. Is he all right? Are you okay? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I lost my train of thought here because uh, Johnny Lyons came in, but we're just uh, handing out our medals for the We Wrestlers of the Week here. He's already cost me a match against the Kings of the North. Now he's got to cost me a podcast, but here we are. That's all right. Eh? Sorry, I hope that answered the the question correctly. I, I think so. At least feel your, your passion through it. Even if uh, even if it did tangent off, I don't, I'll, I'll find it when I, when I listen back to it. Uh, I was just more, just I was invested in your passion there for that particular answer. Um, right, so we've got Right, I'll skip one of the questions because I get tired. It's a big one. I'll I'll, t- I'll take the two shorter ones. Uh, so we've got you mentioned wanting to, to beat former WWE guys and what have you. So our question to XT of Gold have sent us: Having defeated Kevin Kenny Williams in December, uh, Wild Boar is the second of your challengers to return from NXT UK. Is there anyone else in particular from the defunct UK brand that you would care to face for the UEWA title? Yeah, I think that I think somebody like Sam Gradwell would be a, a real challenge for me. Obviously, he's very, very big, but he has uh, uh, has his own style, a style that I've never worked with before. And um, I think he would compromise me a little bit because obviously, uh, there's not many people in the, in the country that I can't kind of throw about or overhead belly to belly. Um, 
but I think that, that he would pull things out of the bag that I've maybe, maybe never seen before. And I think a challenge like that would help me in the future. Someone like Dave Mastiff as well. Um, like I say, I've got a lot of uh, spring in my boots. Um, how are you going, brother? I've got a lot of spring in my boots, but um, Dave Mastiff's a heavy boy. So, yeah, I'd like to I'd like to work with somebody like that as well. But, yeah, like I said, any 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 heavyweight wrestler, not only from NXT UK, but from any brand, that wants to come to Scotland and challenge me for the UEWA, I'd be happy to host and uh, to wrestle against because the next email that I send to William Regal, I want to, ha- to have five or six match links, all of which are title defensives, all of which I've won, and every single name on there is recognisable to him so that I can say, like, listen, there's your proof, mate. Like, you know, say no more. And the final question, then, and then we'll, we'll wrap up for the day. Uh, I'll, I'll leave our silly questions, our dinosaur and, and two sheep, all that kind of stuff. I'll leave that for action. The wrestler episode okay, of okay. Andy, Andy Roberts. Um, we'll leave that as a teaser for folk. Um, have you scheduled any further defenses of your title, or is all focus currently on the bout with Wild Boar? All focus has to be on the bout with Wild Boar. I, I think that it's, you know, I, I think he, whilst I always have like a small, mid, and long term plan, the plan is at the moment is to be able to keep that belt that again is behind me from one of the best wrestlers that's ever to come out of the UK. Our, our, um, our careers have kind of paralleled along the years. When I met Wild Boar, it was probably about 2006. I'd met Mark Andrews on a training camp for Hammerlock. And then I went to stay at his house in Wales. Um, and I met Wild Boar. At the time, they had been backyarding for a few years. And um, yeah, our careers have kind of paralleled. We've been friends of friends. We've been around each other. We've trained with each other for a long time. But we've never stood across the ring from each other. Not in any sense. Not in a tag match. Not in a multi-man match. So... Um, yeah, I, I need to put every bit of energy and effort into this, um, into this match with him because I, I whilst I know him, um, I don't know what he's going to bring to this because I don't know how much it means to him. I don't know if it means as much to him as it does to me. So if it does, then I've got a challenge on my hands. Wonderful. Well, that, that's it. But we'll go through FPWA versus New Wave Wrestling Academy, March 2nd at Truth Bike Club in Leaven. Uh, doors open at 6 pm, show starts at 6 30. Tickets are still available. Uh, go on to the various social medias, FBWA Asylum, uh, which is the Twitter and Instagram, or FBWA Asylum Training, which is the Facebook. But if Facebook, FBWA, yeah. Can I just say something about the, the the opening times as well? We decided to go with six o'clock till nine, um, because we wanted to make sure that anybody from outside of Fife had time to get to the train station, which is a, a five-minute walk from the venue, excuse me, the bus station, um, which is a five-minute walk from the venue to make sure they could get home in time. So when we originally, the first show that we did, we started at seven o'clock and finished at half nine, but we realized that that wasn't enough time for people outside of Fife to be able to travel to and from the show. So we moved it back so that uh, we could ensure that people could. So if you're from outside of Fife and you want to come to the show and you're not quite sure um, how it works with timing with public transport and you need a bit of help with that, just drop us a message and we'll oblige on that on that side of things. Wonderful. Uh, but that's it. Looks an amazing show that's coming up uh, on March 2nd. Is it, anything else, Tolly, totally you want to plug before me? We, we... No, no, that is literally everything. I thank you for your time. And if you're not coming to our show yet, you're, you're crazy because seeing a year's time or five years' time, you're going to wish that you could say I was there um, when FBWA started because we're going to be something special. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Billy. Mm-hmm.